Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Bloomberg Audio Studios. Podcasts, radio, news. Joining us now for an exclusive conversation, I'm happy to say, Admiral Rob Bauer, chair of the NATO Military Committee. Admiral, a pleasure to have you on the program. We thank you so much for joining. Let's start there. It's been a wild week in terms of U.S. politics. As we just said, President Trump has made some pretty strong comments, even threatening to leave NATO altogether. In that scenario, who is best positioned within the alliance to step up? Well, I think, uh, good morning, Kriti. I think um, that what happens uh, in NATO is important for the U.S. So I think in that sense, uh, it is in the interest of, uh, of all the allies, including the U.S., that the alliance is strong. It is strong at the moment, stronger than ever, actually. And uh, we talked, uh, uh, the ministers of defense talked uh, uh, yesterday um, about, for example, the increase in, uh, in, in the budgets and the fact that so many more nations now step up, uh, deliver on the 2% pledge. It's now 18 nations out of the uh, 31. So that is moving in the right direction. That is not uh, money for NATO. Uh, the money that we're talking about here is money that nations invest in their own armed forces to make their own armed forces stronger so that they can, can defend themselves in accordance with Article 3 of the, uh, of the treaty. And, uh, and, and, and I think that is all happening. We have great uh, now uh, plans in place. We're working on the executability of, of all that. It requires more people, more capabilities, more um, military uh, training. And, and all that was discussed during uh, the, the defense ministerial. Uh, there's a lot of work to be done, but I think NATO is in a, is, is in a great place at the moment. And therefore, uh, I'm, I, I'm not really concerned about this. Well, Admiral, talk to us a little bit about that 2% pledge here. At the moment, the United States makes up over two-thirds of the military expenditures at the moment. Given the growing risks from Russia in particular and perhaps others in the future, could you see that 2% pledge start to see any sort of pressure on the upside? Well, the agreement in the Vilnius summit was a minimum of 2%. And actually, um, these... Uh, discussions on the money is not uh, on the money itself. Uh, th this money is necessary for making these plans I was talking about executable. So to deliver on all the things that we need, as I said, more readier soldiers, more capabilities, more training, all that requires more money. And therefore, the discussion was on a minimum of 2%. And therefore, there is a recognition in the alliance that uh, we might need more than the 2%. That's why the, uh, the, the formulation was what it was. So uh, if, it needs, if we need more money, as we see in a number of nations already, the nations are investing more in their armed forces. Poland is a good example, the Baltic states, of course, uh, uh, other nations as well. So that is why we see 
the ramping up in the funding because the nations understand that they need to invest mm. more in their armed forces. Uh, good morning to you, Admiral Bauer. So the, the, the European nations are stepping up, you say, and spending more on their own defence. And, and these comments that we hear coming from the US political campaign, of course, come at a time when you're trying to project a, 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 an image of resilience and deterrence against Russia. How much do these comments complicate your ability to stand firm uh, in the face of Russia? I didn't hear your question completely because of the traffic behind me, but if uh, you mean uh, how ready is NATO, is that the question? Yes, I was asking how much it complicates your ability to be strong in the face of Russia when we hear comments such as those made by former President Trump. Well, the unity in our alliance is one of our biggest strengths. The fact that we stand for each other, with each other, in, in, uh, in, uh, in, in, in the face of an adversary. And I think that is extremely important. We've shown that uh, when the war in, uh, in uh, the, the, the full invasion in Ukraine happened. Within an hour, the North Atlantic Council had an agreement on, uh, on the things we had to do. It was not just a statement. 40,000 troops came under command of the Supreme Allied Commander of Europe. Uh, airplanes, uh, hundreds of airplanes were in the air. Uh, hundreds of ships were at sea under command of NATO. And that in itself was an enormously powerful message uh, for Russia to make sure that they understood that the, uh, NATO will respond when we are uh, seeing that threat rise. And I think that is what we did mm. as an alliance. So I think uh, th the fact that we did what we are uh, what we are here for is 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 actually uh, the reassurance uh, you, you are talking about. Admiral, the money matters, of course, and then there's what you're able to do with it and produce with it. Do you think we need to see more incentives for more military production to take place within Europe? Absolutely. Uh, across the alliance, in the US, in Canada and in Europe. Um, we need to increase defense production uh, 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 to a great extent. We see that the Russian production in the, uh, in the Russian defense industry is, uh, is being ramped up uh, much faster than all of us uh, held possible. Uh, the, the economy in, in, uh, in Russia has turned into a war economy. Um, what we need to do is to make sure that we are able to continue to uh, support Ukraine for as long as it takes, with whatever it takes. And then the second thing is we need uh, the capabilities and the ammunition for ourselves as well to be more ready. So what we have seen is a longer discussion in Europe uh, on not only are we going to do this, but also convincing uh, financial institutions to invest in defense. This is the liberal economies that we are living in. So this is about convincing the, 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 uh, the, the, the investors uh, to make sure that all the regulations are in place to, uh, to build a new factory. So there's now some good examples in Germany where a new Patriot factory is going to be set up. There's uh, a new factory for artillery ammunition in Germany, in Denmark, in Finland. So things are happening. It took a while and we need to continue doing that, ramping up the industrial production, convincing the financial sector it is ethical to invest in defense. Well, speaking of Ukraine and particularly in the support there, Admiral, I'm curious about how you're assessing their progress on the battlefield and where else outside of Ukraine you may see the risk spilling over to from Russia. Give us a little bit of a status update if you can. 
We don't see a direct spillover in terms of a conflict with other nations or with NATO. Um, it is very difficult uh, at the front line in Ukraine. Uh, the new uh, commander of the armed forces in Ukraine, uh, General Sersky, said so himself yesterday. Uh, the front is heavy fighting. It's amazing how many uh, uh, lives the, the uh, lost the Russians basically accept in, in this battle. Uh, as I said, the, uh, the, the Russian defense industry is ramped up, so the Russians have more artillery ammunition at the moment, which they are using heavily. They are using a lot of soldiers that are being killed in large numbers. It's amazing. Um, so it is a difficult time for, for the Ukrainians. Uh, and therefore, it is extremely important we continue to support them with everything that, we, uh, that, we, that, we, that, that they need uh, and for, uh, for, for as long as it takes. So that is what, uh, what, what we need to do. Uh, and, and I think if you would have asked in the Second World War after two years, uh, on a number of allies, how are things going? Uh, then at that time it was difficult as well. So it, 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 we, we didn't start to support Ukraine because it was going to be easy, but because it is necessary. Admiral, you're talking about Russia's growing defense capabilities as well. Just in the last 24, 48 hours of the United States, there's been talk about Russia's military capabilities in space, potentially targeting satellites as well. NATO has come out and said that 50% of the satellites around the world are owned by NATO allies. It helps with things like missile detection. I don't need to tell you this. How seriously are you taking that threat? Have you been briefed on it? What is NATO's line? NATO will look in, into every threat that we're facing, 360 degrees, that is on land, at sea, in, in the air, in cyber, and so also in space. And that's uh, everything. Uh, they, I'm not going to uh, speculate on, uh, on, 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 on this. So uh, we are looking at this, of course, as we are looking at all the other threats that are around us. Admiral Bauer, thanks very much for joining us. Rob Bauer, NATO's chair of the military committee. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.